I don't know what I'm bringing to the podcast at all, to be honest. Fucking moaning, that's what you're Welcome to the final instalment of Halloween Horror Month. This week it is Odd Thomas. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. I'm Austin. And just like Odd Thomas, we're the only ones who can stop evil. <laughs> uh, hmm. uh, it's uh, not, not a very good tagline. It's also really not true because we can't even stop ourselves from swearing and making innuendos, never mind the evil. <laughs> this film, uh, as I said before, is the 2013 horror fantasy Odd Thomas. Is it Odd Thomas or is it just plain old regular Thomas? Essentially, we're going to find out if it will be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list. Now, just to say, it'll be a very spoilerific episode yet. So if you haven't seen Odd Thomas yet, check it out. It is free if you've got an Amazon Prime account. If not, it is about £3.50. Uh, you could just trust our judgment, though. Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to us by the lovely Dave, which will start around the 40-odd minute mark, we think. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was The Crazies. Uh, This is the last week they can use this Halloween soundboard, so you need to just be a bit more enthusiastic, guys, okay? Get your fill, Gav. (laughs) Uh, Now, Alex judged that trial, and he deemed that The Crazies should be placed on the hit list. He's since gone away and watched the film, so did he make the right call, Alex? No, I don't think I did actually. Uh, I, I don't think it's. <laughs> I don't think it's. Um, I don't think it's massively shit. But considering as like, you know, a whole town goes insane, attacks each other, in the military come in, shoot everyone, and there's a nuclear explosion at the end. I was extremely bored. Right. <laughs> it was, you know, considering all of that happens, and so yeah, no, I, I, I think it would have just edged onto the shit list for me. Not not. It's no Hubie Halloween, but it's uh, it's still pretty. Still Jesus, pretty. that's damn nice. It's, <laughs> it's no Hubie Halloween, but it's like a step or two up from it. Right, okay. Try thank to you, warn you, man. Try to warn you. <laughs> yeah, thank uh, you very much, Alex. And <laughs> uh, now on to the bulk of the show. This week is the last of our Halloween Horror Month picks, so it's the last chance for us to put the willies up you. And this... <laughs> 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 mm. that that oh, is an expression a, it is an expression that's, that's a dated it. that's a dated expression <laughs> I, and I, you know it and you know it's a dated expression I don't <laughs> think that's the expression <laughs> I don't, I don't I, yeah, that is the expression and I don't know what you're on about like just <laughs> but you, when you put the willies up somebody I think it's just give them the willies is, is yeah, it I actually I think Dave's right. I don't yeah. think he's putting the willies. I think that's something very different. <laughs> is it? Is it just give them the give them the willies? Sounds yeah. no better, to be honest. <laughs> it, it actually does. Though, it? <laughs> it, it does. Well. <laughs> All right. Okay. If you're listening to this, guys. Oh, no, he's please? right. No, 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 no. I've just googled it. Put the willies up. You. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Thank you very much. It's just like that. Uh, what the torture porn thing all over again? When you made me feel really weird, like I just made up some. Statistic. Uh, just, I googled it and it literally we just changed the pronoun at the end so it's like put the willies up you put the willies up me put the willies up him put the willies up us <laughs> it's, it's so interchangeable uh, now um, th- th- this week is the turn of Dave 
And as Dave has picked the film, he will be acting in defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list. Now, Dave is just like Odd Thomas. He's a really nice guy who just wants to do something good, but that doesn't stop people from disliking and bullying him. Yeah, that's true. I'll give you that one. <laughs> now, all of the other roles have been picked at random. So joining Dave in defense will be me. I'm a bit like Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. Odd body by name, odd body by nature. <laughs> and acting as prosecution to try to get this film placed on the shit list will be Alex and Joel. Alex is just like Sergeant Oddball from Kelly's Heroes. Scruffy and bearded who loves a good tank. Uh, oh, sorry, that's a typo. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> and, uh, I'm running out of steam here. Joel is just like one of the odd bods from the 2013 ITV cartoon, The Odd Bods. Uh, <laughs> he rarely says anything, but somehow still manages to massively annoy you. Now, just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their real opinions, however, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts which means this week Ozzy will be playing the role of the judge and Ozzy is just like Odd Job from Goldfinger short and impeccably dressed but his hugs are just a little too intense now Ozzy must decide which list this film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion so before we get started I think that we should probably um, give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So why don't we spin the wheel of impressions? Oh, you'll never guess who it's landed on. It's Dave, of course. <laughs> no, no, what Dave has got to do here is read out the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. How would we like him to read it out? Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Sounded like a comic from the stairs. Do better. I don't know Willem Dafoe is from Hackney. <laughs> is that Will, Willem Dafoe? Like, like, like that? Like, just like that, Brucey? Uh, in, in a California desert town, a short order cook with clairvoyant abilities encounters a mysterious man with a link to dark, threatening forces. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty good, Dave. For, for just from a standing start, Willem Dafoe impression. That's very impressive. <laughs> yeah. You just see what I'm like when I've warmed up Willem Dafoe impression. <laughs> <laughs> worse, considerably worse. <laughs> Uh, now, um, yeah, that, that, that's it, to be honest. I think we should um, pass it over to Ozzy so we can kick off proceedings. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll uh, surprise you all to, to know that I've got absolutely no idea about this film whatsoever. So I'm, uh, you know, open-minded as ever. I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. So um, giving you the best possible start defense. Uh, tell me what is, what is there to love about the film? Okay, well, I'll just give you a bit of a background of what the film is about. So essentially, this is a 2013 adaptation of a Dean Koontz novel. You may have heard of Dean Koontz. He's kind of like a, a less successful Stephen King, that kind of kind of trashy modern American sort of horror sci-fi sort of novel. Um, so this is an adaptation of one of his books. It's the last book of his to be adapted, actually, I believe. So what you've got, he's got Anton Yelchin, who you may know from the Star Trek reboot. He played Chekhov in that, if you've seen those. Oh, okay, and he yeah, plays yeah, yeah. Odd yeah. Thomas. His name is Odd Thomas. That's not a nickname. 
there's he's got he's got no idea where his name came from. His his mum said to him it was a typo on his birth certificate. His dad said no, she always intended to call you odd. Uh, you just hear from them in flashbacks. You know, it's a very strange sort of yeah. as he's he's narrating the story to you. He tells you he's no idea where his name comes from, but he's called odd. And he's a fry cook in this small little town in California, and he has an ability to see spirits. He can see the departed. He can see the dead. Uh, the dead cannot speak to you if you, if you have this clairvoyant ability. They but they can like point and they can direct you and they can they come to you for some sort of reason. And he's mostly dealt with benevolent spirits in his time. You know, they're just people who want something. They have some unfinished business, so they come to him for help. And the first time you see him, he's um, he sees this spirit of a little girl that he follows, a girl that he knows is missing, that he suspected was dead, and she basically takes him to the man who killed her, who he apprehends in this big chase. Like, imagine Ferris Bueller, but with a lot more things being broken <laughs> over people's heads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he helps apprehend that. And you meet the police chief, played by Willem Dafoe, who is aware of Thomas's abilities, aware of Odd Thomas's ability. He knows he can see the dead. So it's kind of starting you in media res. He's familiar with his ability, and a couple, a handful of other people are. Go on. How, how, how do these people know uh, about the ability? Is it just because he's with kids in the area? Um, well, not just because he's with kids in the area, but because he's he's helped the police chief before. He's helped him by because he can see the victims of crimes. Okay. Yeah. He's helped the police chief in the past. Now, none of the other officers know anything about it, but the chief knows. So this Odd Thomas kind of starts you in the middle of things. Dean Koontz didn't give you an introduction to this character. It wasn't like him coming to grips with his abilities or the first handful of people finding out about them. It just kind of is established that there's a core group of people who help him and support him who know what he's capable of. And he himself is well versed in his abilities by now. He knows what things are. He knows what they mean. And because he's got this narration feeding through to the audience, as you would if you're reading a novel, you're inside the character's head. He can explain things to you in time and keep the pace of the film running as it goes. And essentially what he sees is he sees a stranger come to town. He comes to his his restaurant where he's making breakfast and he's surrounded by these demonic entities. Uh, these demonic entities, although they can't hurt you themselves, they feed off pain and they are swarming around this man. This man can't see them. He can't see the spirits. So like, Odd the, Thomas dementors. knows. Yeah, sort of. It, they go where they go to war zones. They go to places of tragedy. So they are swarming over this man. So Odd Thomas knows that something bad is going to happen. This guy's up to something. It's up to some, He's up to something bad. Odd Thomas is on the case. As he puts it himself, I may see dead people, but then by God, I do something about it. And it's all about him basically trying to work out, is this guy a danger to people? And if so, how can he stop him? Okay. Well, I mean, you know, it actually sounds like a pretty... Interesting premise, you know, instead of it being a, it's almost like a superhero, I suppose, in some ways. It's quite an odd, quite an odd uh, super, super ability. Um, well, prosecution, why, why is, you know, that sounds pretty good to me, actually. So, obviously, there's going to be more Seems to like, that. Um, to be honest, Ozzy, you know, first time we did this, Gav picked like a, a weird film like Demon Knight. The next time we did it, he picked like <laughs> Halloween 3 or whatever. You know, there, there's always somebody who picks this weird <laughs> cult shit film. And unfortunately what? for Dave, it, it, it's, his, it's his turn this year. <laughs> like, this, this was, for me, quite a surprise as to actually how bad it was. Um, you, know, you know, Dave said Dave said he's called Odd Thomas, and, and he is, but the film kind of makes you... It almost kind of jabs the odd part down your throat. Like it's you consistently kind of reminded how odd the Thomas actually is. 
I would say like the plot is very kind of uh, convoluted as well. There's very little kind of character development. He just kind of stumbles around from, uh, you know, chasing ghost to ghost, trying to kind of push the film along. There's, there isn't really any excitement there. There isn't really any mystery. And it's one of those films where, you know, it's it's kind of, I suppose you'd say it's equal parts comedy and equal parts horror. But, you know, as so often is the case when they try and tread this line, they don't really excel at either of the, you know, either of the sides. And in fact, it, I would say it works to the film's detriment rather than its advantage because okay. it just ends up as a bit of a mess in the end, you know, not really one thing or the other. And um, yeah, it's just very much a mess, I would say. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise that you haven't heard of it. I believe it's based on a book. Um, I hadn't read the book personally, and certainly after watching this film, I don't think I ever will. Well, there you go. That's pretty damning. Um, any... <laughs> it's much damning that Joel's not going to read the book. Well, you know. It's... <laughs> if it's not got pictures in, I'm not reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry it doesn't really know what it wants to be. I mean, that, I don't know, Dave, you know, was maybe very careful in his choice of words when he first described it, but, Joel, you know, it, it sounded like it was fairly, fairly clear cut, but Joel's saying that it's not. It's a bit of a mess. It's... Um, He's trying to do two things. It's a bit convoluted. Uh, Gaff, I don't think it. I don't think it is convoluted. And and I will say that it's based on a series of books, uh, Joel. So although you might want to miss one, you could always pick up the book number two or three, perhaps. Um, but I think it knows exactly what it wants to be. It's very hard to create a comedy horror. I think it's a very tricky genre to uh, you know to perfect and i think it, that, that's what this film does it, it does perfect it i think it, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like what's wrong no but sorry I, no i i i, I, I think don't it, think even you could say that without laughing <laughs> <though>. <laughs> okay maybe not perfects it but it does a very good job of tackling it um and, and i think the the way it does that is by keeping it light and easy it doesn't take itself too seriously dave was joking before we only mentioned ferris bueller but i think you know there are elements of that sort of light-hearted family fun film to it like sort of ferris bueller um ghostbusters even like the frightness to an extent is that because you know it more darker in tone but it's still keeping itself really light and you know not taking itself too seriously it's it's it isn't firmly rooted in the horror genre as well so it's able to kind of sway here and there and bring in different elements of different genres to kind of like beef up the script a little bit um it brings in elements of um like detective uh, neo-noir sort of um genre and it does it very well and um the, the, the thing is is the film doesn't overstay its welcome as well i think from the very beginning it kind of sets out what it is going to achieve and it does it very well in a good amount of time <laughs> that's finch and i'm being, I'm being genuine i think the um the the character why i really liked is just introduced uh, we don't get this sort of really boring backstory of who our Thomas is. We don't get the sort of like 20, 30, 40 minutes of, you know, like how he became to be and how he got his ability. It's just sort of bang, it starts. This is who I am. The very first thing he does, as Dave said, is track down a murderer. It's a very good action set piece, very fast paced. And that just keeps up like throughout the film. I think it's very fun. It's very quirky. And one of the best things about this film 
the characters. I think the char- it's a very character-driven film. The characters are all really likable and they all really work well together. They bounce off each other incredibly well. The actors give great performances. They've got like a great chemistry there. You'd imagine that they've been working together for years in like a, you know, sort of like comedy horror um, TV series. Uh, but, you know, you build an actual emotional connection to them. I think, that, you know, the script is outlined very well from the beginning, what it's all about. And it borrows elements from different genres to get it to the end. And at the end of the day, it's a great character uh, set piece. There you go. I mean, the, the look on Alex's face throughout the bulk of um, the bulk <laughs> of that uh, <laughs> soliloquy there is a... Uh, was fantastic. So, Alex, I mean, uh, some, I, some rebuttals. I've never that. seen him go so red. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, before you carry, don't go over the top, though, Alex. <laughs> no, I'm trying. I'm yeah, trying this right week. In. I'm going to try and keep it. I'm gonna keep try keep a lid it. on it, man. Keep a lid on it. I'll try. <laughs> I, uh, I I literally disagreed with every single like syllable of what Gav <laughs> said there. Do you know what I mean? Like even even like the. Even like the viz and the as, do you know what I mean? Like, I, and the ands, I, I literally disagreed with every single word, and so does he. But this, that's insane. That it's like over egging the pudding to where it's just eggs. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's no pudding in that argument whatsoever. Um, it's it's really weird tonally. You know, I'd agree with Gavin. The only point where he said there, which is where he's saying, um, you know, it's hard to get comedy horror right, and it, it really doesn't. Like, it, it's tonally all over the place. It, it starts with this kind of like teenage the weird direction where you sort of got like bits moving around and all this cgi stuff going on to try and get the story going quickly and then then it'll have like a a a scene where he's like talking to a dead girl about you know everything she's lost and he's really like touchingly talking to her and then it'll cut back to this like the the weird that like the thing that gav was saying between the, the the interplay between the actors that's just astonishing that he'd say that this script has got to be the worst one we've done in a, in a very very long time it's it's truly atrocious like the the the, the lines that willem defoe has to say I, i'm surprised he managed to get all the way through it even he willem defoe doesn't get away with it let alone like lesser actors um you know the, the, there's a bit where willem i don't know if it'll i don't know if it'll come across Ozzy. just you know uh, I'll, I'll try and give you an example right there's a bit where um odd thomas is talking to willem defoe's the police chief Again, sorry, the police chief who just just is in his corner. There's no tension. That'd be an interesting way to have a bit of tension, wouldn't it? Odd Thomas is actually, you know, seen as odd. Well, he's not seen as odd at all. You know, the police chief's in his corner. He says, uh, "Go and, you know, don't worry about this. Go and have your dinner with Stormy, his girlfriend." And Odd Thomas goes, "She's the one." And Willem Dafoe says, "You're a one smooth operator, Odd. She must love to hear you say that." And Odd says, "I love to hear me say that." Now, that's just an example, right? And I don't know if that comes across how bad it is, right? But that is just one example of just a monumentally every single scene has just dialogue that's that atrocious in it. That that scene is directly riffed over with a little guitar that goes like, bow, 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 and then you go into <laughs> another awful dialogue scene between him and his girlfriend. And it just keeps going and going and going. It, it almost gets to the point where you're interested in watching it because it's like watching a car crash happen slowly in front of you. But but even then, you, you, it's too boring. This it can't be overstated how bad the script is and how poorly it's acted, even by Willem Dafoe. He's not coming out of this. No one comes out of this well. Like the the, the scenes between people are just just awful. So yeah, I, I, it, everything Gav said with Gav was uh, was awful. The plot is pretty uninteresting, especially because you've got this 
the, the, the sort of what Gav was talking about with neo-noir, the, uh, the mystery aspect is quite boring to it. It's sort of papered over with these talents that he seems to get, the psychomagnetism, these abilities that basically just seems to involve him being able to make plot points happen quicker with it, through it. The idea of quirkiness and being odd, I mean, the title's in it, Odd Thomas. He's not odd at all. He's kind of built. He's got a beautiful girlfriend. He seems like everyone likes him. Where's the odd? He's not actually an odd character. You know, like you think of Tim Burton when he thinks about his odd characters who are actually, awesome. this is a very... Yeah. It's just it doesn't want to it doesn't want to have to go there and doesn't want to have to actually have any anything odd happen. So the quirkiness is just for a film that's literally got odd in its title. It's very unodd, and uh, yeah, like Joel was saying, this is an absolute car crash of a film from start to finish. Yeah, okay, well, I'm gonna. I mean, it's so the film is so bad that even Alex, you know, a man educated to degree status, forgot the word for ordinary and decided to settle for unodd. <laughs> <laughs> but it says a lot about a film when it, when it reduces a man, you know, no, man, my vocabulary was that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Dave, you know, um, you know, it was, it was essentially Joel, Joel and Alex are saying in the film, you, you lied to me straight off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and actually, you know, and, and Gav as well as the, the, that it's not very well acted. And that sounds just, that seems odd, you know, that in itself seems odd to me. You've got Willem Dafoe um, as, a, as a key actor. That guy um, from Star Trek, I thought he was pretty good. He had a bit of a weird accent, but other than that, I thought he was... He uh, didn't have the weird accent in this. He wasn't playing Russian <laughs> in this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it just seems odd that they wouldn't be very good actors in this. You know, are they the two key key points in there? They're... they're they're the main characters, or or is it? Um, I would say no. Odd Thomas, yes. I'd say it really focuses on him. He is your lead actor. You know, you've got his girlfriend, Stormy, who I would say is probably the secondary character, who, again, obviously is aware of his ability and, and kind of assists him as best she can. Willem Dafoe, probably tertiary character. Um, and then a couple of other supporting characters. There's, it's not a huge cast, though, to be honest with you. I mean, everyone's kind of like, it's it's a full town. There's plenty of extras. Yeah. But as far as actual principal roles, it's the film three. follows Odd Thomas. He's the one okay. investigating this. He's the one who can see spirits. It follows him. Um, so kind of the other performances um, are kind of by the by, to be honest with you. I thought they were actually pretty solid. I don't think they were that bad, the performances. But it's him you're focused on. It's him you're following throughout. And Anton Yeltsin, I thought, was fantastic in this. I really did think he he demonstrated a real presence, uh, a real leading man capability. We lost Anton Yeltsin a couple of years ago, very tragically. But I think this this is when he passed. This is the film I thought of, and it genuinely was. You know, this is yeah. this is the film I thought of. Um, I remembered what potential he had for like a leading actor role and the sheer charm that he possessed as an actor, uh, the sheer easy way in which he, he makes you like him as, as Odd Thomas. These characters, you just like him from the get-go. He had a very uh, nice persona about him, and a, he was a solid actor. He was a good leading man. And I think you know that comes across in this film in a big way. I know Alex is smirking, but I think this comes across oh, in a big way in this film. Smiling? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, and, and on, on the script point, um, so I know, I, like, I'm aware that Alex probably, I'm going to, assume that Alex may have read it in in a you know an overly comical way but you know the lines are a little bit um on the poorer side is how is the delivery of that is it as poor as Alex made it out to be or it's not as monotone it's not as monotone (laughs) as Alex deliberately made it (laughs) but why yeah I mean what I mean by that is 
And know, there's very, not a, there's no ch- Seinfeld riff. There is, there pretty much is. The Seinfeld riff is not in there. <laughs> so it's a very it's a very cheesy line to throw mm-hmm. out there. Is that is that in keeping with the tone of the rest of the film, or does that stand out? Very much so. Yeah, it is kind of cheesy. Um, it's very lighthearted. Gav's right. I don't even know if this was intended to be horror comedy as as that sort of thing. There's not really punchlines. It's just lighthearted. It's light in tone. This isn't a horror film that's set out to scare you. You know, there might be one or two attempts at jump scares, but they're not really going for that. It's not that kind of horror film. If it weren't for the moments, a couple of moments of violence in it, it would actually almost be family friendly. It's very lighthearted in tone, very easygoing. So for that reason, I would say it's the lines don't really matter. You're not looking for a deep script here. Yeah, you're not looking for anything. Lighthearted, bit of entertainment with a bit of a spooky twist. Exactly. It is it's okay. in the horror genre, but it's not a scary film. Okay. There's a difference between horror and scary. So. Okay, well somebody touched on a little earlier that um there was some weird CGI at the start together. That was Alex. He said that there's a few jumps around. So the CGI itself, you know, if that's gonna be how you set up the the start of the film, um it's gonna have to be relatively good or believable before you switch off straight away. I mean, I'm gonna start with Joel on this one. What was your feelings on CGI? It sounds as though there's a lot of ghosts um, uh, to, be, yeah, to be seen. There is quite a lot of CGI and it is, um, you know, it's not, to be honest with you, it's not that bad. The CGI, like, isn't terrible. It's probably the one part of the film where it wasn't like Jesus, you know, so uh, I suppose just by going off that, then it's fine. But what I would say is that, um, you know, the whole kind of ghosts, uh, like some of you know, people being murdered and all that type of stuff. It's just kind of presented and wrapped up in this um, in this manner that makes you think like, you know, this is normal everyday life. You know, if you could see dead people, you know, you wouldn't be going around, you know, chasing murderers every day. You know, it, it doesn't happen on a daily basis, especially in this in the smaller town where, uh, where Odd Thomas lives. Um, and then, you know, just to touch on something that I think Alex and Dave both mentioned is that like some of the dialogue is kind of like overly quirky i would say you know i it reminded me a, a little bit of somebody like um you know zoe Deschanel or something like that you know she kind of treads that fine line of being quirky but sometimes really fucking annoying and and odd thomas kind of goes along the lines of you know the really annoying part especially his especially his girlfriend like she's kind of almost in there just to be like this fodder you know kind of quirky character i think they intended it to be like cool and out there and stuff like that but it just comes across completely you know she just comes across completely indifferent uh you know really boring as a character and as i say just pretty much overly annoying um i I think the only good thing about the film is probably the cgi and you know just to echo dave's sentiments as well you know i thought yelchin was actually all right as odd thomas but you know, those are probably the only two redeeming features that I can think of. All right, uh, Gav, Gav, you've got your uh, your finger politely pointed towards the screen there. Oh yeah, it's pointed all right. Um, in indignation, um, the, the, I I would say so that try and say your point without pissing yourself this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Um, no, I I think. Uh, well, I'm going to go back to the point that I mentioned before about it being really lighthearted. So this is this is essentially like a comic book film. So you know, like Alex and 
Joel, it sounds like they were just taking it a bit too seriously. Oh. <laughs> for, for, for me, it's a bit, it is a little bit like kind of Scott Pilgrim, even Constantine films that we've reviewed in the past, where it's just sort of like it, the, the characters are supposed to pop up off the screen. You know, the dialogue is that sort of like, it feels like it's very cartoonish or comic booky. You know, like it's not sort of like really gritty Christopher Nolan type dialogue here. It's fun. It's quirky. It's lighthearted. These are like quirky characters. You can't have a character called Odd Thomas and then have him completely po-faced and straight and serious. You know, like the the, the dialogue, it's fun. It's light. You know, as Dave was saying before, it, it really, really reminded me of, you know, the Michael J. Fox movie, The Frighteners, where it's sort of like a, a comedy, but it's also not. It's like a very adult horror film, but with that like comedic element in it. Uh, I think the Anton Yelchin like is fantastic in this role. I think he's really likable, really charismatic, and he really lifts the character off the screen as well. And it's not just him. I think it's his interactions with all the other characters as well. You mentioned the the, the character of um, the girlfriend, uh, Stormy. I think that she was a, a very good character, to be honest. It could so easily be she could just be this like side character, you know, damsel in distress, absolutely no sort of um, build or character arc or anything to it but she's strong-willed she's determined she takes no shit you know there's so many points in the film where she could have easily just been like oh i don't know what to do odds but she's like no we're gonna do this we're gonna do that she's she's very uh, i thought a very decent character to be honest and their sort of interactions they're like they've got great chemistry there's a lot of back and forth very sort of witty banter as well um and it's they've got like a seriously good rapport witty and fun and also it adds like emotional resonance to um, what could have been just essentially a bland relationship as well their sort of relationship is what this film is centered on i think so they got Joel mentioned before about like good CGI and there is good CGI. There's also a good mystery to it as well. You know, the, the, what we haven't really spoken about is that Odd knows the, the town, something really bad is going to happen in the town in like two days time. I think it is something like almost apocalyptic, like some real serious death is about to happen. And he's trying to find out how it's going to happen, who is going to be involved. He's had visions and he's trying to connect them up. And so it's, it's essentially just trying to find out where it's going to happen and who's going to be involved. And as it keeps on building, we're realizing that, oh, somebody is not going to get through this alive. You know, somebody's going to die, whether it's going to be the police chief, Odd, or his girlfriend. And, you know, we're thrown a curveball when we think that the police chief is is, is shot and, and killed. It turns out that he's, he survives it. And then there's a bit at the end. I, I mean, this is going to be a massive spoiler, but Odd manages to save the day. Uh, he, he, it, it turns out that the big mass event is a shooting in a mall where a lot of people are gunned down and then also there's uh, there's another sort of um, there's an explosive in a truck he manages to stop the shooter and also drive the truck miles away from the mall and it blows up and it's all fine but while he's there uh, his uh, the shop that his girlfriend works in is completely gunned down and before he runs off to save the truck he's like looking to see if she's okay and she stands up and he's like oh it, she, it, it's all good she survives and it's only later on that we realize, you know, after he's recovered from the attack, he's, you know, being spoken to by the 
by the police and the reporters and he's being heralded as a saviour. He's spending all this time with his girlfriend. We realise that she actually died and he's been spending time with their ghost and he just hasn't kind of... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's that? that funny? But like, that, 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 it's like a real, like a, an emotional gut punch at the end of it. We're like, oh shit, actually she didn't survive. She, you know, their relationship and her character was one of like the fundamentally good things about this film. And when I say good, I mean good as in not, not uh, good and evil. You know, and when... Um, when that's taken away, it is sort of like, oh shit, you know, you really do feel something because you are really attached to those characters. Well, um, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't see if that was Joel's then go for Dennis or not. Joel's changed his background. Uh, <laughs> Alex, you you uh, you raised your hand quite a few times throughout that about characters and um, yeah. go on, fire away. Well, just, uh, she, you know, the... You're pretty much aware because they get, keep going. I love you. I love you each to each other. You're pretty much aware that she's going to get it at some point during the film. I was surprised it took as long as it did. And it's pretty. It's signposted all of the way through. Just that bit at the end, you know, Gav. There's this twist where you know you see her, but she's not speaking. So you're pretty much clear at the, you know, you know that she's dead already. But they're actually spend a weekend together, and at one point they're lying in bed. So do you know what I mean? You know when you actually imagine what Odd Thomas is actually doing. In real life, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. You know what I mean when you think, "Oh, she wasn't actually there." So, so it was only if your mind goes there. (laughs) Well, my mind went there. My mind went there. I'm going to have to introduce some evidence into these proceedings, Aussie. Right? Gav was saying at some point, and the biggest, the biggest lie he said there was this great interaction between um, the girl uh, Stormy. And Odd Thomas, I'm just going to have to play you a little bit of dialogue here between them. This is very unprecedented. Whoever told you you've got a lot of issues? I'm a woman. We all have issues. It's what keeps us interesting. Are you men interested? Oh, yeah. That makes us crazy. Die young. That, like... There's a lot of dialogue, right? That's just, that's how it's delivered. And it's a tro And that is just one little piece of dialogue it, like the, the interaction between them is appallingly bad I, I i mainly just my main point i wanted to talk about here was like this is I, i'm going to put it squarely i don't think anton yelchin did a particularly good job here i wouldn't say it was awful but i did, definitely don't think he does a good job at all but i think you can put this at the writer director and producer of this film which is um stephen summers he's someone who this was his last ditch attempt you know thomas was made what 2014 Sorry, it was made in 2011, but it went through, and in fairness, no, no fault of its own here, it went through a development hell where producers were trying to sue for $35 million. So it didn't get a theatrical release. It didn't get the proper, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, um, advertisement it needed. But again, Stephen Summers was the producer. So you could almost, you know, you could eat, and the writer and the director here. Uh, the writing, I, I've given you two examples. You've got to make your mind up on that. Is the writing good or not? It, you know, it, it, it's atrocious. The direction is just awful. There's the thing in, there's, it, it's summarizing it, is doing what Stephen Summers does to films where he just puts in lots and lots of CGI. The Bodaks, like the monsters, yeah, that they're okay. There's this really weird scene in the, when they're in like this belfry of a church when the sunset is like a green screen and it's really, really obvious. So there's these little bits that go throughout it. The CGI of the monsters is okay, but all of the ways the film is caught through with the CGI is completely unnecessary and it's over uh, completely overly done. Stephen Summers did, he did the mummy film, right? And then he's just been trying to make mummy, mummy films. His last thing he did was like in uh, the, the Scorpion King 3 or something like that. And, you know, he... he 
he made The Mummy, The Mummy 2, then he made Van Helsing, which was a huge misstep with loads of CGI, and basically just was not allowed in Hollywood anymore. He made Odd Thomas, which was meant to be his comeback, but ended up being a self-inflicted coup de grace. Do you know what I mean? He just, like fucking blew his brains out and was just not, he's just not been allowed anywhere near directing a film since he's just been producing them and, can we and, say and that he and it's fair enough blown his brains out and it's fair enough like he absolutely messed this film up it's 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 not a good one and Stephen Summers you know write a director and produce it he's 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 messed it up big time well, that's pretty pretty damning. I'm just still trying to work out whether I'm going to allow the evidence or not because, you know, I think in the, in the UK court of law, just bringing evidence upon a defence like that is, uh, they, wait, is ha, inadmissible. What, what, I think you what should have disclosed proper, it first. What were the proper channels? I think it's meant to be disclosed previously, but I mean, like on TV, we don't do it on TV, and that's because it makes for better drama. <laughs> exactly. And I feel as though... It know, is in the film. Be... Wouldn't that be disclosing the evidence itself? It well, how about I just play the film, the film next time <laughs> instead of exit <laughs> I suppose. Okay, well, all right, I'm going to... I'm gonna let it stand this time just for the sake of drama and i will i will accept it and the and the argument that that came with it but yeah maybe for the future i will uh, watch myself i will yeah consider whether we're trying to to make an entertaining podcast or a factual podcast (laughs) (laughs) what are we going for yeah yeah um all right grand that's i think like odd thomas we try and do both and don't really do either (laughs) (laughs) what about the way it looks all right so you're saying that that in terms of you know maybe the guy maybe he can't write but did he put together a you know a good film with what what, maybe he can't write but can he draw (laughs) well yeah can he can he can he he pull out a good you know a good storyboard does he manage to piece something can he can he paint you a story with his with his vision I, does, he good, I, does he employ good cameramen? Does it look, you know, does it look visually? <laughs> does he employ good cameramen? <laughs> I think <laughs> I think he's employed good I'm cameramen. I'm putting on the hit list. Good gaffers, <laughs> good key grips. <laughs> yeah, that, those key grips were out of this world. <laughs> the be- what about the best boy? <laughs> oh, the oh, best boy. That's the operative word. Best. Damn, I, hope no, I didn't think anyone's going to mention the best boy. <laughs> no one ever does. <laughs> Seriously, though, how, how does it look, you know? Is it if it's not that long a film? You know, is it is it nice to look? Is it impressive? It's not a long film at all, and I thought it was shot reasonably well. I didn't think the we've just had a bit of a character assassination of Stephen Summers there, and I didn't think he did a bad job with directing this. To be perfectly honest with you, I thought the film looked pretty good. Um, Gav mentioned before, and I told you about the the Ferris Bueller esque chase through the gardens as he's uh, trying to apprehend the killer. I thought the action sequence that followed that, the actual chase itself, I thought it was shot pretty well. I thought cinematography was good. I thought the uh, the fight was well staged. You know, there's bits where people are being kicked into TV screens and having clocks smashed over their heads and stuff. And it's, it is a bit like, geez, that, that looked like it might have hurt. It's really well shot. And as far as you feel that's, that's an actual fight going on there. And I thought the actual the, the staging of the town, I thought the town looked good. I thought the sets looked good. As far as shooting and direction, set design... I can't fault it. I think it did exactly what it wanted to do. Okay, well, and I mean, I guess finally, is there um, is, is there much of a? I, mean, I don't know how long we've been going, really, but is is there much of a? You know, an, an audio trail. You know, is it musically good or is the incidental music? I'm going to say that you know that Seinfeld like that 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 does run through it quite a lot. Like the the soundtrack is 
normally I, I wouldn't say it's it's a big deal for me soundtracks, but but this is I did notice how much it was great distracting. distractingly bad. Yeah. Okay. Just well, one one final thing I'd like to mention, Ozzy, and I know it's not the film's fault, but the title really annoys me. The the fact that it's called Odd Thomas. You know, I, I joked many times in our WhatsApp group that it sounds like it's a Nickelodeon show, you know, <laughs> but it's just like, you know, imagine Friday the 13th being called like Naughty Jason or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's just a strange, strange title. And for me, you know, maybe, you know, a few other people think like me, it, it kind of put me off before I'd watch the film, to be honest with you. Weird Stuart. That could have been a... Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there is little Stuart, and that was a good film. <laughs> oh, nice one, Joel. Look what you've... <laughs> you've got him making links. <laughs> Word association. I'm, I'm going to let you guys... I know we, we don't really do this very much these days, but I'm going to let you guys have a quick wrap-up. Um, Gav, is there anything you'd like to just say that we've not touched on? Um, yeah, yeah I, th- I think I agree with Dave when we were talking about like Stephen Summers getting unfair character assassination. You agree with that? No, 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 no. Sorry. <laughs> I, I think, full stop, I agree with Dave. <laughs> I think, therefore, I agree with Dave. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think that uh, Stephen Summers was, you know, usually we've seen him deal with much bigger budget type films. I think here it was a little bit more restrictive and it allowed him to work more on the characters and the script, which I think worked better. The CGI and the action set pieces were still quite impressive, to be honest. Um, You know, we mentioned before about the first interaction we have between uh, Odd and a murderer. We also have the big scene at the end of the mall. You know, there's several other scenes throughout. They are actually really exciting. Uh, but because you don't have like millions upon millions of pounds to spend on CGI, instead, he's concentrated on the characters and he's concentrated on the story. And I think, you know, like although the dialogue might be cheesy, you know, I think that those two things work really well. You've got a good cast who to deliver good performances as characters that we actually care about and you've got a good story um, which does keep you guessing right, you know, right up until the end there's a lot of different twists and turns in this Alex might not agree but there are you know like where you don't actually know where it's going to go and it is very satisfying and you know, even though Alex could see that the end obviously the girlfriend had died for those who hadn't foreseen that, it is genuinely surprising and it is like that emotional sort of gut punch at the, at the very end. So yeah, all in all, I think Summers has done a really good job here. Um, but like full plaudits have got to go to the cast to make this film just really enjoyable and watchable. Okay. Um, I might as well stick with it with uh, a quick defence. Like let's have the two defence goes. Anything do you want to add to that? That's quite a, it seemed like quite a good summary, but. Yeah, I I want to agree. I agree with Gav's summary. Good performances, good direction, solid storyline. I think one of the things that we've been criticised for in this film, in this regards to this film, is that it's it's trashy, it's cheesy, and it is all of those things. But look at the source novel that this has come from. Dean Koontz, I I said at the start, is like a trashier Stephen King. His books are campy. They are quite kitsch. They are quite quite unusual in their way you know people who read Dostoevsky don't tend to read Dean Koontz it's a very different kind of literature <laughs> and it's a very different kind of film it's it's unique in its own way and I would say yeah it's trashy cheesy corny but I like it okay and over to you Alex Dostoevsky reader um... <laughs> I like Dean Koontz it's not yeah. the wrong Dean Koontz <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, let you have a quick you had your hand up there you just have to go yeah, 
it's an astonishingly bad film. And, you know, Gav says I don't agree with Gav. Gav doesn't agree with Gav. It, it, this is a really, really, really quite a, quite um, bad film, you know. And uh, I, it, it's not, you know, this idea that like, oh, I'm taking it too seriously. I wasn't, it's called Odd Thomas. It's not like I was sat down thinking, wow, this is going to, it's just bad on every, on any level of watching it. You know, you're not, you're not expecting this to be a serious film, but yeah. even on, on its own um, turf, it's just bad. Bad is bad and a bad script, bad actors, bad direction. But I, I, there is pretty much no, no redeeming feature to this film. And it, it doesn't even, you know, that slight thing that Super Mario Brothers maybe gets close to where it's so bad it's good. Even that, it doesn't even get. So um, it, it, it's a clear, it's a clear cut thing for me, man. It's okay. it's a terrible, terrible film. And Joel, finally, so so bad that it's not even so bad. It's good. It's just just bad. bad. Um, well, um, I think Alex sums it up pretty well there. So I'll give you a metaphor instead. So <laughs> imagine going to a restaurant and ordering a beef stew or whatever vegan alternative you get but actually there's only like one piece of beef in it when you get the stew and you're really pissed off and disappointed and just look at it like longingly that's odd thomas (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you very much what's what's the beef in this analogy (laughs) beef is the meat is the actual goodness in the film okay so the beef is you order a beef stew and you don't get any beef you're going to be pissed off I get it now. So the beef swallowed him the foe, right? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Ruins the Foe. Be whatever you want it to be. Ruins the Foe in a bathtub of um, <laughs> beef. <laughs> beef, beef broth. <laughs> and on that, I'm gonna I'm gonna add that. That's you know pretty solid uh, solid prosecution there, guys. Um, let me uh somebody got a quiz, or was I meant to write a quiz? No, no, this was me. Let's take you off the oh, hook. Yeah. This this yeah. was me. <laughs> Yep, so I've done a quiz all about everyone's favourite American horror author after Edgar Allan Poe, Stephen <laughs> King, and a few others. Dean Koontz. I was thinking to myself, there's no way the household name. a Dean Koontz quiz. I'm doing a Dean Koontz quiz. So, so sit down and strap in. Okay, question number one for five points. Name another Dean Koontz book that has been adapted for <laughs> TV or film. Really? Phantoms. Yes. Okay. I actually didn't think anyone to get one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Someone got phantoms. That is five points to gather. Can anyone name another? Um, oh, um, uh, uh, the frighteners. No. No. Not not Dean Koontz. Ah. Oh, no. No. I've, Do you I've, know what? I'm I'm amazed, Gav, that you actually got one because I couldn't <laughs> think of any. Which is why I made the remaining nine questions of this quiz multiple choice. So get ready to gas away to guess away to your heart's content. Okay, question number two. Which actor from The Magnificent Seven provided the uncredited voice of Proteus, the sentient AI villain in Demon Seed? Is it A, James Coburn, B, Charles Bronson, C, Robert Vaughn? Guess away, guys. Uh, Robert Vaughn? Charles Bronson? So that's Robert Vaughn from Joel and Gav, Charles Charles Bronson Bronson. from Alex and Ozzy? I'm going to say Charles as well. Charles Bronson, that's a point to Gav and Joel. It was Robert Vaughn, I'm afraid. Fuck. Question number three, which actor from the Winston Seven <laughs> appears alongside Thomas Hayden Church and Stephen Baldwin in the ABC TV adaptation of Mr. Murder? <laughs> a, James Coburn, B, Charles Bronson, or C, Robert Vaughan? Robert Vaughan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a tricky one, Dave, isn't he? <laughs> Charles Bronson. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ship. I'm going to say Robert Vaughan. Joel? D. There is no D. 
That's that's C. Oh, C. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're all wrong. It's James Coburn in this instance. Oh. Question number four. Which Jurassic Park alumni stars in 1995's Hideaway? Is it A, Sam Neill, B, Jeff Goldblum, C, Laura Dern? A, Sam Neill. Laura Dern. Yeah, Sam Neill. I'm going to say Laura Dern. You're all wrong again. It's Jeff Goldblum. Really? (laughs) Question number five. Which, Gav might get this, which legendary Irish actor stars alongside Ben Affleck and Rose McGowan in 1998? Peter O'Toole. A, Peter O'Toole. B, Richard Harris. Or C, legendary Sir Michael Gambon. Peter O'Toole, I think. I feel like I'm going to go with Peter O'Toole. I'm going to give everyone a point. It is, of course, Peter O'Toole. Which Batman performer has a supporting role in 1990s The Face of Fear? Is it A, Val Kilmer, B, Adam West, C, Kevin Conroy? Adam West. Val Kilmer probably wasn't doing much around that time. Conroy. I'm going to go with Kilmer as well. Gav seems to be on a roll with this. That is a point to Alex. It is Kevin Conroy. (laughs) 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 Which action movie icon... Appears as an NSA agent alongside Corey Haim in 1988's Watchers. Is it A. John Saxon, B. Fred Williamson, C. Michael Ironside? Dave, no offense, but that's like one of those male questions when he's like, which <laughs> comedy legend? Which, no, in no part, in, don't understand. <laughs> you, you deny to me that those three men are not action movie icons. Yeah, Michael yeah. Ironside. Is he the one who always loses his arm? That's yeah. Michael Ironside, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because I recognize his name. Well, I'm going to say Ironside as well. What was, the, what was the second one? Fred Williamson. Oh, yeah, go on, Fred Williamson. I'll go Joel? A. That's the point of Alex and Austin. It is Michael Ironside. Well done, Alex. <laughs> No Question number eight, the fourth Watchers film, uh, 1988's Watchers Reborn, features a cameo from which slasher horror performer, sans mask or makeup? Is it A, Robert Freddy Krueger, England, B, Kane, Jason Voorhees, Hodder, or C, Gunnar Leatherface, Hansen? Uh, Kane, Hodder. B, Jason. Uh, Freddy, I'm going to go Krueger. Alex? Leatherface, sorry. Leatherface. Uh, that's a point to Gav and Joel. It is Kane Hodder. Uh, nine, a group of what are the antagonists in 1991's The Servants of Twilight? So A, vampires. B, Satanists. C, werewolves. What's it called again? Twilight. Servants of Twilight. Werewolves. I really wish it would be vampires, but I feel like you going to be a tricky bastard. I'm going to go for Satanists as well. Yeah, I'm going to say Satanists. That is a point to Joel, Alex, and Austin. Oh, it is Satanist. <laughs> and finally, which of the following titles is a genuine graphic novel prequel to Odd Thomas? Is it A, In Odd We Trust, B, Odds and Rockers, or C, Shawadi Oddy? <laughs> I love the last one, but I, I don't think it's good. In Odd We Trust. In I Odd We Trust. I think, it's, I think it's going to be that because it's, it's, that was one of the baddest. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's been been a little Easter egg, right? Yeah. It is show what no in odd we trust. <laughs> well done, guys. Fantastic. Uh, just by simply, you all did pretty well with the multiple choice, but I think simply by naming another Dean Koontz film, <laughs> Gav has won. He got it from the start, didn't he? <laughs> Phantoms is like like half of it is brilliant, and the other half of it is not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you very much for that, Dave. That was a fun quiz, even if everything was guesses. Yeah, um, I think that's what, probably what made it more fun. Um, this is 
I don't know, maybe I've made this harder than it needs to be in terms of uh, my judgments. Um, I think it was fairly obvious that Gav didn't particularly like it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad film. He was... Uh, <laughs> Look at his face. I don't think... <laughs> what? what? <laughs> how, could, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. no, I, don't, I don't think he was particularly... Uh, you know, sort of behind his arguments to it. But quite often with Gav is he he does try to base his arguments on things that he can genuinely uh, understand people would like. So even if Gav doesn't like it, doesn't necessarily mean it's it's a shit film. It just means it's not to his tastes and he may have picked out some some good bits to it. So um, I don't know, it's pretty tough. You know, it, it did sound like maybe... It, the film was totally everywhere because they were trying to fit in so much of whatever. I mean, somebody mentioned that Odd Thomas is actually several books, like a series of books, and maybe they tried to pick out stories and set pieces from different books, which is maybe why some of Odd's uh, special abilities seem to just appear from nowhere in order to to solve um, a particular case. And, you know, that could be a little bit frustrating, maybe, that there's not enough time to... uh, to develop something. I, I think I'm going to lean towards it going on the, uh, I think it's going on the shit list, but I think it, it could be something that goes either way. Um, realistically, but it's going on the shit list because I think they've tried to fit too much in to too short a uh, film with too little a budget. Um, I, I think that's probably, probably the best way to describe it. I don't know. Well, thank you very much, Austin. Um, genuine opinions. Dave, uh, what, what did you genuinely think? Because I'm conscious that it was a film that you hadn't seen for a while. Um, mm-hmm. So do, do you think that it was still as good as you remembered it? Uh, not as good as I remembered it. I didn't think it was an astonishingly bad film, though. I, do, I really do think everyone's been very harsh on it. Um it was average, to be honest with you. It's okay. I didn't want to pick a film that I liked and that got a decent critical reception and has got a good score on Rotten Tomatoes. I wanted to pick something that was a little that I liked, but that really hadn't been well received. You know, one that I have a bit a bit of a fight on my hands, and boy, howdy, did I! Um, astonishingly bad's unfair. It's not that bad. I think you know, one bad performance. Addison Timlin is is not good as Stormy. She's not very good in this. I thought Anton Yeltsin was really good. Genuinely, when he died, this is the film I thought of. I thought of him. Um, bit of a jumbled storyline, pretty laboured script, to be honest with you. But I do think it has a lot going for it. Um, and yeah, I'm disappointed that Hubie Halloween made the hit list. <laughs> and mine is the only film to have wound up on the shit list this Halloween. I'm sorry, man. I was, it, it, the Zoe Deschanel uh, line almost went over for you, to be honest with you. Joel almost... Uh, <laughs> cost cost the prosecution. The Dave, case, like, but, welcome, yeah. welcome to my world. Like every Halloween, my film always going yeah. on the shit list. <laughs> so, uh, 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 a genuine opinion from me. Now, uh, yeah, you, it, it wasn't great. I remember watching it like when it first came out, and I thought, like, oh, this is this is really enjoyable. You know, like I, I quite like this. It's very lighthearted. But then watching it back. It just, yeah, no, I just didn't like it at all. I pretty much agree with a lot of what Alex said. The dialogue in it is very bad. And Dave, the, the music in it reminded me of, of like B tracks to episodes of Sons of Anarchy. Um, and, it's, <laughs> and it did come in a little bit like, <laughs> like a, a Seinfeld episode. But 
I do agree with a lot of what I was saying about the performances, especially Anton Yelchin and also Willem Dafoe. I think, you know, he's, he's, he's good in a sort of lighthearted role. You can see that he's relishing not being an arsehole for once. Um, but yeah, I think tonally it was just a bit all over the place and the rest of the film suffered because of it. So yeah, probably the right call, although really good for Dave. I'm so sorry. Uh, Alex? Like fair play to Dave for picking it. It's like not an easy one to defend, but uh, yeah, it, it's a really, really shit film. <laughs> like there's no, there's no two ways about it. Like if you know the, the the word shit doesn't have any meaning if Odd Thomas isn't classed as a shit film. You know, it, it's just it's an awful film. You'll see it yourself, Ozzy. I don't think there's any real way of getting around it. You know, I mean, you could have a fondness for it perhaps, but it's appallingly bad. Well, I mean, I try and watch it straight after this, actually. I think I've got mm. a little bit of time, so, yeah. Bearing in mind, Ozzy does enjoy shit films, though, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's probably going to think it's a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> he's, and in future episodes, he's going to be likening it to other films. <laughs> oh, well, the thing I like about The Godfather, it reminds me of Odd Thomas, especially that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Where he says, you know, when he, does, when he sees evil, he acts on it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Joel, what did you think? I thought it was pretty fucking terrible, to be honest. Um, I feel bad saying it because, you know, Dave's probably the only one out of you that I actually respect. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like it it, it wasn't good. Um, I was expecting a little bit more. Okay. Dave, Dave, not only (laughs) he's losing respect for you, but he's (laughs) actually disappointed in. (laughs) Oh, like when Dave says he's disappointed at you as well, that's like a hammer blow. That's worse than you. Okay, so higher uh, or lower than our previous film on trial, which was The Crazies, which got 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Much lower, surely. I'm going to guess lower. It sounds sounds like it's... Any uh, ballpark guesses? 40s, maybe? maybe yeah, I was going to say 48. Uh, well, 38. Uh, so it's a bit lower than that. Although the <laughs> audience score was a lot higher. It's like 68 on Rotten Tomatoes. Also 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, so, so I think, like, critically, it wasn't liked at all. But I think the once again, there is a bit of a soft spot, maybe a bit of a cult following, because Joel alluded to earlier. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there are like a lot of people who uh, like this film. Um, yeah, so... Well, that's it. Apologies, I didn't do another caption contest uh, or, or a poll on Twitter. I apologise, I was at wedding, so I forgot. I'm sorry. Um, although we have, we're going back to normal next week. That is it. That is the end of the Halloween Horror Month, and that's the end of the terrible Halloween sound effects as well. So I, I do apologise in advance. Yeah. Are you getting one in there? Are you getting one in there? Yeah, uh, but we are returning to normal next week uh, with non-Halloween related films. <laughs> So, next week we are going to be picking, and this one is out of the hat at random, is Borat 2. Um, I don't, I can't remember what the, the, the title is. Is it Borat subsequent movie film or something? Yeah. But yeah, I think that's uh, it. we have picked all the roles out of the hat at random. So, judge in the film is going to be Dave. Uh, hopefully, he's not going to bear any grudge against Joel or Alex. Um, <laughs> but defending. They didn't laugh during their arguments, Gav. Jesus Christ Uh, so trying to defend the film is going to be um, 
Joel and Ozzy, and in prosecution is going to be myself and Alex. So it's probably going to go on the hit list just because it's me and Alex prosecuting. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode. If you liked the episode, please remember like, share, and subscribe. And why not leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts? And if there's any films you'd like for us to put on trial, please let us know. Just spread the warm love that is films on trial in as many years as possible. And check out our Twitter page at Film Trials. And listen to us or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Films on Trial. So that is it. Odd Thomas is on the shit list, unfortunately. But we are going to be back in your ears next week with Borat 2. Goodbye. I've just seen that picture of Dean Koontz, the Gav said a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look like Justin Bieber in 30 years. <laughs> yeah.